Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comic Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we're here to discuss the Uncanny X-Men number 172, the August 1983 issue. On sale May 10th of 1983, cover price 60 cents, and this one is titled Scarlet in Glory. Yep, that's all we got to say about that one. All right, join us next month or week when we'll be discussing. No, uh, so yeah, this is a, it's a X Men number one seventy two. Adam, the net exciting. Yeah, we're, we're back. We're back. We're done with the Wolverine miniseries. But are we, Adam? Couldn't this really be just like Wolverine number five? It could be. <laughs> it's not, but it could be. The cover of this is essentially the last panel of the Wolverine Limited series, issue number four, final page, uh, except it's better drawn. And there's a knife through it. Uh, I would say that that's like a big portion of a samurai sword. Yeah, a samurai sword, yes. One, I mean, it looks like it's resting on kind of like a like a table or, or maybe not even a table. Maybe it's a, like a pin board type thing. But the length of this sword that's sunk into Wolverine's chest, you got to wonder, like, where's the rest of the sword? <laughs> what I got to wonder is where did whoever stabbed this get this card from? Because uh, this is clearly the one that Wolverine sent to the X-Men. That's true. It even so, has his, hey, elf, don't forget the beer, dash W. That's how I know that it's the X-Men's one, because I'm assuming Wolverine didn't write that on all of them. Maybe maybe he did. He's like, I don't know which one's going to get to the elf. I better write this on all of them. <laughs> My hands are tired. <laughs> Miko, come here and write this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's a really good... So somebody broke into the X-Mansion, took this card, took it somewhere else, and then stabbed it with a really maybe short samurai sword. Maybe that's what it is. It's not really long at all. Well, yeah, they have those little short samurai swords. I don't know what they're called, but they exist. Like a sai? Well, no, not like a sai, but it's it's like a it's like a samurai sword, but it's like it's it's much shorter. It's like half size. Like a dagger? Kind of. Okay. Well, then uh let's just crank through this one, huh? Let's open her up. We open in uh Tokyo, at a place that we should be a little bit more familiar with by now. And the X-Men arrive. Oh, we learn that it has been 10 weeks since the death of Yoshida Shinjin. Yes, 10 weeks, right? So it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's been a month and a half, and in five days, they're going to get married. This telephone looks like it's floating on the nightstand here. It's a super cool Japanese telephone. (laughs) You know, they had those. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Wolverine is welcoming his compadres, the X-Men. Oh, and he's narrating, by the way, just like he yes, did. He does. Yeah, it's just like he did in Wolverine's one through four. But he's like, oh, I got to have friends, and these are mine. They're the X-Men. And then they walk through the door. Wolverine, it is so good to see you, Tovarich. 
we have been apart, too part along, too long apart. Mm. One of those. I am not good with words. <laughs> I think we established that. We had a 747 all to ourselves. Yay! <laughs> You're what's wrong with America, kitty. <laughs> what a waste. Well, Wolverine's like, yeah, my uh, five, my fiance's got clout. So, apparently this is an airplane that only the Emperor gets to use. And apparently Mariko can just be like, I would like that airplane to go pick up some Americans. <laughs> yo, yo, Emperor, Mariko here. Make this happen. Word! <laughs> and it does. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Wolverine's pretty happy to see uh, uh, Nightcrawler. He talks about he, how Nightcrawler could read between the lines about how the, the trip over here was rough. Apparently, Wolverine was writing letters. So, I'd like to know when. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been 10 weeks, Adam. Well, was he writing letters during the, those four issues? I want to know. Like, mm. uh, Mariko dumped me. I've been hanging around with this girl named Yukio. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess how how long we don't even know how long that adventure was, do we? No, a couple weeks at least. So he's he's been away from the X Men for like a good three months now. Seems like it. Yeah. So that's that's plenty of time to be writing letters. Now, I don't know about the mail system in 1982, but how many letters could you get back and forth from the U.S. to Japan in that time period? In three months, you yeah. could probably get a few a few long letters back and forth. Six. Sure. <laughs> All right, I'll go with six. Well, we know it's been a while because Wolverine's like, Kitty, what's that around your neck? Why is why is Wolverine an android? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my throat hurts. I'm having difficulty <laughs> doing his voice. It pets a dragon. It ate my beloved pterodon. <laughs> oh, Terry. <laughs> oh, oh, we only got to know you for just a brief moment. <sighs> Customs must have loved that. They didn't say a word. And Lockheed isn't a pet nightcrawler. He's my friend. Yep. There's a little comparison about his attitude or his demeanor, I should say, and Wolverine's demeanor. Apparently they're both cranky. <laughs> and uh, I just realized the panel uh, setup of this page is mirroring the Wolverine miniseries. Oh, yeah. How about that? Paul Smith was like, huh, there must be something to this. But more importantly, this uh, page is a mirror of the next page because we get this long, tall panel of Mariko. It's like a full body uh, panel of Mariko. And she says, Logan-san, one of the X-Men remains in the Genken. Genken? I don't know. Will you not invite her in? And then we turn the page and in a reverse set of panels with another tall one, we get, we get a, uh, a long, tall panel of Rogue standing there. Still in the doorway, looking very uh, humble. Yeah. Um, sugar, can I come in? Just I a- wore my greenest outfit. <laughs> Every stitch of it's green. <laughs> so I got a the, not, one stripe. She's down to one stripe. Last issue you had two stripes. One of the dazzlers, she had a single stripe. Uh, is, does she dye her hair or is it naturally like this? I thought it was by the time she, like the last issue that she was in with the X-Men, I thought she was down to one strip. I, well, that, stripe. that could be. But she started out the last issue that she was in, the one where she comes to Xavier's Institute. She started out with two stripes. Um, I think 
when she's bad, she's got two stripes. Right. And when she's good, she's got one stripe. Right. But there was a brief moment when she was at – I said the same thing a few – a while ago because there was a uh, – I don't remember. It's hard to keep track of Rogue's stripe. But I guess the point is – the question I have is, is Rogue's stripe – now, we saw in the movie that it turned white after Magneto did what he did. But that's not how it happened in the comics. So is her stripe – natural or does she dye it for some reason i you'd have to ask her rogue can you yeah. comment on your hair <laughs> uh, a lady never tails <laughs> damn it all right so i guess i i don't know the answer to that uh i'm sure maybe it's revealed somewhere in the 2000s so we'll never know wolverine responds back to mariko if it were up to me miko i'd cut her heart i'd cut out her heart oh man well, the kid's name is Rogue, and they fought, and she almost killed a friend of Wolverine's, and he'll never forget or forgive that for what she what did. What she to- did to Carol Danvers, I'll never forget or forgive. Yep. So there's some bad blood there. Um, Although I probably will. Spoilers. <laughs> probably sooner than later. <laughs> Not this issue, though. Uh, yeah, so they, whatever. They have some back and forth, and Mariko's like, you got to let her in. She's with your friends. Wolverine's a little mad that the rest of the X-Men have accepted her, but, you know. Figures any outfit that'll take me as a member will admit anyone. So, yep. one uh, one page, it's all settled. Rogue's part of the gang. <laughs> Everybody's happy. So, uh, they, they're they about ready to get ready for bed here because it's been a long flight. When from uh, outside the window, we see the glint of a samurai sword. Ding. It makes that noise, I'm sure. <laughs> Apparently this man here, have we seen this man before in the pages of the X-Men? Not in the pages of the X-Men. We've seen him in the pages of New Mutants. Have we have we referenced him in the pages of the New Mutants? We What do you mean? Can I say seen- can I say who it is? Oh yeah, yeah, we've we've <laughs> referenced him in the pages of New Mutants. It's the Silver Samurai holding a silver sword. And uh, he has planted a lot of bugs around Mariko's house, I guess. And the plan here is to strike because the X-Men have some jet lag. Um, Yeah. However, and this is where we get our title, Scarlet in Glory, someone is watching the Watcher. Who watches the Watcher, Adam? Is it the Watchmen? Do they watch the Watcher? I don't think so. Hmm. Does the Watcher watch the Watchmen? Uh, who does watch the Watcher? I don't know. If the Watcher watches the Watchmen, then who's watching the Watcher, for God's sakes? Oh, by the way, Chris Claremont, writer, Paul Smith, penciler, pa- Bob Wiasek is the inker, Glynis Ween is the colorist, Tom Orzakowski is the letterer, Luis Jones is the editor, and Heem Schutter is the editor-in-chief. The usual suspects. Yes. They're all back. Uh, they were part of a, what was it? A, a, a barbershop quartet in Skokie, Illinois. What? <laughs> they were the usual suspects. Jeez, oh, I didn't think I dug that deep. I, you should have referenced the movie. That's from the movie. Oh, is it? Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's when, what's his name sitting there being interviewed by the police. Oh, is that like Benicio del Toro? No, it was, uh, uh, uh. The gimpy guy who was the orchestrator of the whole thing. But we didn't know. Spoilers! 
Well, yeah, that movie's also like 30 years old. Uh, Kevin Spacey. There you go. <laughs> okay, if you have to explain it, it's not funny. Let's move on. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's it's Yukio. Remember? Oh. Although I guess if we if we didn't read the Wolverine limited series, we don't know who this is. We would have no idea who this is, but we do know that she's. Uh, protecting him for some reason, right? She's like, I've been on this guy's tail for a while. Uh, looks like he's after Wolverine, but it's good for him that I'm here. If he weren't so besotted with that bloodless porcelain doll, he'd have spotted you ages ago. Right. So this woman, who we know as Yukio, uh, is, I think, a little disappointed in Wolverine. Well, she loves him. Well, right. And she's... He's not returning her affection, but and, and, she, you know, as you do when you're, uh, you still love somebody, you you kick somebody in the face to protect them. Yeah, man, or the back of the head, one of the two. Crack. So she's like, uh, he wants, she wants him alive, the silver samurai that is, uh, for questioning, and that's when she delivers her trademark phrase. Patarimashita. Patarimashita. <laughs> which is Japanese for gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yep. And the guy who's really tall says, who? And he didn't fall. Uh-oh. And that's when Wolverine springs into action by taking off his shirt going, I heard some flesh on metal. I got to get in on this. From the roof next door. Let's go. And that's when the Silver Samurai actually finally inter, uh, um, introduces himself. I am the Silver Samurai. Girl, to attack me is death. Nah. <laughs> Wolverine has Nightcrawler port him over there. Meanwhile, uh, the Silver Samurai, he's like, I'm just going to kill you. He's got an energy blade. Yukio. But she dodges the energy blade swipe. What did I tell you? Grab the lady elf, make sure she's safe. And Wolverine jumps into the fray. All shirtless and stuff with his Japanese socks on. Mimicking a panel from last issue. Uh, so I think, uh, if anything, uh, Paul Smith has been um, challenged now to up his game. Uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe he's just referencing the story that came before. I mean, that's, you know... Well, this is a this is a very um, Frank Miller uh, diving picture here, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. <laughs> I don't think Paul Smith has drawn Wolverine diving like that before. Well, Paul Smith hasn't drawn a lot of Wolverine because he left almost immediately. Oh, good point. But uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think the the lay the panel layouts and the and the art is inspired by. Some of uh, Frank Miller's Wolverine limited series, but I wouldn't say it was. Uh, it was, you know, I mean, I, w I I have no idea, but I would guess that it is less to do with the challenge and more to do with an homage. Oh, really? I'm not saying he's copying him, and I'm not saying he was given the directive to do what Frank Miller did. I think I think he's just been inspired, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that's all. We'll, we'll never know. We won't. I mean, but I just, as I was reading this issue, you know, it just seemed like this was a little bit more, uh, to, 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 to reuse the word, inspired. Like, uh, the older issues, while good, seem to have, you know, traditional panel layouts and, and don't seem to really break from that mold too much. Yeah, but the, the, the Wolverine limited series ended like a couple months ago in the X-Men timeline. Really? Yeah. Hmm. 
So why would he wait until now to up to his A game? I don't know, drafts and such. <laughs> I mean, who knows, you know? I mean, he could have been working on those last two issues that came out after, but those could have already been in the hopper. Adam, I don't know. Maybe okay. you're right. <laughs> I don't know either. Anyways, Wolverine and the Silver Samurai, they tussle. They do some tussling. Mm-hmm. And Yukio, she's like, uh, hey, how are you? I wouldn't <laughs> miss this. How's it going? Wolverine's like, oh, I want an explanation. And, just... and Silver Samurai says, I'll give you the only answer you deserve, Gaijin. A coward's death. And then he teleports away and Wolverine falls through him off the side of a building. And uh, Nightcrawler bamps and catches him and brings him back to the to, to the roof. Yep. And so that's when Yukio, she goes bounding away. She's quite the acrobat, much more so, I would say, than she was in the Wolverine Limited series. But uh, she's like Spider-Man, jumping off flagpoles and stuff. Wolverine describes her as a ronin, a masterless samurai. She's good, too, almost on, par, on a par with me, which is uh, more description than she ever really got in the Limited series. That's true. Uh, and actually, if you're Nightcrawler at this point, aren't you like, what do you, uh, what do you mean as good as you? Are, you're not a samurai. <laughs> oh, didn't I tell you? I just figured out. Just remembered I'm a samurai. Oh, see, I didn't, I didn't think that was a reference to being a samurai. I just meant that was like good in general. Oh, I see. Because Wolverine's been dropping that whole, I'm the best there is at what I do thing lately. Sure, and sure. Well, so as, as. Nightcrawler's rolling his eyes. <sighs> Here we go again. So full of yourself. So, yeah, Yukio, she's jumping all around and she hits a patch of ice or some water maybe. I'm not really sure. But she goes slipping off of a building. She's falling, but she's got a big old grin on her face. And she says what you always say when you slip and fall. My foot. I slipped. I'm falling. (laughs) I say that every time I slip and fall, Adam. Me too. And she is rescued by Storm, who just happens to, I guess, be in the neighborhood for some reason. Uh, She probably saw what was going on and was intrigued. Storm drops, not drops her, sets her down on the top of a, well, actually, I don't think they're on top of a building, are they? Maybe they are. I think they're down in, are they? Okay. It looks like they're kind of on a ledge or something. Anyways, uh, Storm's like, why are you so excited? And she's like, ah, that was a one in a million ride. I loved it. You nearly died. <laughs> but that's the experience. We're going to die anyways. Death is the prize. So why not enjoy it? Effectively is what she says. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> she cartwheels away. Sayonara, Roa-san. Until we meet again. The woman is mad. And yet I wish I could laugh so. So a little bit more of Storm's change being. Oh yeah, this is a, this will be a major change for Storm. Oh yeah, and so she rec- Storm later while the X Men reconvene. Storm, she says, uh, and I want to I want to read this because like I have I have something to say. She says I recognize the man Kenichio Harada, the Silver Samurai. He and his mistress Viper fought the New Mutants recently and killed one of them. Shan Koi Man. Now, now, hang on, Adam. Before you go where I think you're going to go. Okay. Maybe we should talk just a little bit about New Mutants number five and number six. Well, there's something that happens in issue seven, which makes me really annoyed that 
like this 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 uh, line of dialogue by Storm makes no sense with what happens in issue seven. Five through seven, uh, the Silver Samurai and Viper, who are poorly drawn, by the way, attack the new mutants. They're actually attacking some team called Team America or whatever. We don't care about that. But I thought that Shan like encountered well, like a demon or something. Yeah, at the end, Shan encounters a somebody with uh, very strong psychic powers. We never really learned who that is, and she disappears. And that was uh, issue six. Right. She disappears. Something uh, like the whole thing where the new mutants are blows up, and Sunspot's like, Ooh, I'm so angry, Professor Xavier. Why are you doing this to us? Because Professor Xavier was spending all his time working with Team America. That he couldn't stretch himself far enough to handle both of them. Seems weird that the professor would be spending all of his time with a bunch of marionette puppets, don't you think? <laughs> well, Team America in the Marvel Universe are mutants. Uh, uh, they are? Yeah. I didn't... You know, so when I was reading this whole Team America thing, I was like, God, this sounds so familiar. Not just the movie, but something in the Marvel Universe. Uh, but I... I I mean, they're, they never appear in the pages of the X-Men, do they? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think they had their own comic, though, in the Marvel Universe. But You know what? I don't know, I don't know if that was before or after this. I think I may have had a Team America comic book then because that's, that's – I think maybe that's why – in fact, I I know I did. There was like so, three of them on the cover and one of them was like closer out than the other two. I don't remember what the story was about and I don't have it anymore. So Team America for the non uh, – initiated are a team of motorcycle uh, danger uh, riders. What are those guys called? Thrill like, seekers? Yeah, they're, they're you know, the guys that you see at the circus. Evil Knievels? The, the stunts. They're a bunch of evil Knievels. And uh, their mutant power is that if all of them, somehow all of them together are able to conjure this super motorcycle cyclist who can do a really amazing stunt and not get killed. Yeah, so there's that. I did have that though. I, I I'm not, I can't believe that 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 we have brought my mind to that. <laughs> well, you should find it. I don't think I have it. I cover it in the next episode. <laughs> At any rate, yeah. So that's issues five and six. Uh, so what happens in seven is everybody thinks that Shan is dead. And then the professor reveals to Colossus and Storm that actually, I don't really think that the professor or that Shan is dead, but I don't want to tell the New Mutants that because I don't want them to get their hopes up. So I'm going to go search for Shan. I'm going to send the New Mutants off to hang out with Roberto's dad, but uh, keep this on the down low. Okay. So apparently Storm is keeping it on the real down low. (laughs) (laughs) She's lying to the rest of the X-Men too. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I only read those issues because of this reference. I was like, God, I didn't think Shan died. Then I was like, well, is this just one of those like, oh, the X-Men are dead, but you know, they're really just in space. So Shan's probably in space. Yes, of course. They're, they all go to space. See, and just like that, we don't have to cover New Mutants number five through seven. You're welcome, audience. (laughs) At any rate, yeah, so, uh, um, yeah, Storm wants to know why Silver Samurai is following Logan. He's wondering if there's a connection between him and Wolverine or Mariko. So he says, maybe so. Mariko's dad, Shinjin, used the clan as a power base from which he sees control of the Japanese underworld. He was an ambitious man. I'd already be satisfied with that. 
He may have been working with Viper to expand his influence worldwide. Can this Shinjin person be stopped? Already done, Petey. By me. Best there is. What I do. Oh, and then you didn't know. Kitty's kind of like, oh, well, then all we have to do is go to prison and start questioning him, don't we? Right? I do not think so, Katzchen. Oh, I want you. Oh, I see. Moments like this, I feel sorry for the kid. She cares for me. She believes in me. But every so often, she gets reminded hard that we come from two different worlds and that mine ain't very nice, even though I'm the best there is at <laughs> what I do. Mariko goes into her room, I guess, to talk to her sword or something like that. She kind of recounts some of what happened in Wolverine Limited Series about Shinjin dying and Wolverine doing the killing, but she was going to have to and blah de blah de blah She's got a mystery letter from someone saying, meet me tonight and come alone. And she's going to do it, but she she she, she thinks to herself that she definitely wasn't doesn't want to tell Wolverine she needs to act like she is the Lord of Clan Yoshida. Well, I think she knows who it is because she, it, the note says, Meeting tonight, midnight, come alone, Harada. Oh, okay. So, so it's over Samurai. <laughs> so there she knows go. it's, we don't know what, we don't know what the connection is, but if she knows who Harada is, she does. Well, so. we know what the connection is, but we won't spoil that yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> and so uh, Tony comes in. Uh, Tony, Tony, Tony has done it again. That's right for you 90s reference buffs. She comes in. She's like the the housemaid or the helper or whatever. And uh, Mariko is like, uh, help me lie to my fiance. (laughs) Tell Uh, everybody I went to bed. Yeah. I'm going to go do some stuff though. And uh, don't let anybody know. So Tony, she's like, all right, she's going to do that. She walks away. She's about ready to get everybody some food because, as Wolverine said, jet, jet lag evidently hasn't affected anybody's appetite. But before mm. Tony can make it into the kitchen, she is cracked in the face by a woman in green who's not rogue. Who? Oh, yeah. Good good point. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, we know. It's it's Viper. Well, but, we know because <laughs> Storm referred to her a panel ago and yeah. She was also in New Mutants. She's not like, bless you, Lady Mariko, for it is I, Viper, the partner of Silver Samurai, who has taken out your housemaid, Tony. She does say, before the night is out, my champion, the Silver Samurai, will uh, will have either your abdication or your head. That's true. And once I am through here, the X-Men will be in no condition to save or avenge you, Viper. She doesn't say that. Once I, Viper, am here to enter. Yeah, so she doesn't say that. But anyways, uh, yeah, so Wolverine, he's he's busy being a you know good uh, house host. He notices that the weather is kind of kind of being grumpy, and he wonders if it's storms doing. Uh, weather tends to uh, mimic her emotional state. It's a, it's a lousy way to live, but she never seemed to mind. That's changed. So something's going on with Storm. This new housemaid who Wolverine comments like, I don't recognize this one, but I haven't had a chance to meet all the house staff. She's like, uh, she wants to know if there's going to be anything else that Logan-sama needs. No, thank you, Yoshi. And that's when Mario jumps out onto his back and they ride off eating apples. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Fine. Anyways, uh... They, they're about to drink some tea. 
and uh, Wolverine drinks a little bit of tea. And that's when the housemaid kind of tilts her head a little bit, and we see that it's Viper. Well, we come on. <laughs> I don't know. How could we not have known that that was Viper? We should have, but it, if we didn't, we now do. They have a little conversation about how different Aurora is. Storm comments. You're, you're different, Roro. So are you, my friend. That's for sure. <laughs> Enough about you. Road I figured my life would take. I didn't count on a leader here. Here I was, the best that there was at what I did, <laughs> not knowing anything about being a, getting a married and stuff. <laughs> Enough about you. Let's talk about me. Uh, yeah. And so he's like, I don't believe that it's actually happening. Storm wants to know why. And he's like, uh, part of me doesn't think that's right. Shinjin asked me if I was worthy. I guess I still don't know if I have the answer to that. Mariko accepts you. What else does it matter? Blah, blah, blah. The clan's involvement in criminal affairs, thanks to Shinjin, is far more extensive than Mariko suspects, and these ties won't be easy to sever. I wanted carte blanche to deal with the problem, but Miko said no. She's got courage, Aurora. And more smarts than me, but she's out of her depth. I'm scared she'll be corrupted, shaped by circumstance into her father's image. I've seen it happen before. I feel so flaming hopeless, helpless. This kind of scrap's too subtle for me. I don't know how to handle it. Uh, I think you understand. underestimate your lady. And that's when Wolverine notices that the tea he's been drinking has a funny aftertaste. And he's like, Storm, don't drink. The poison. What? And then he falls over. Poison is my favorite band. <laughs> I've always wanted you to know. <laughs> Blessed goddess, no. As she turns around, she sees that all of the X-Men are passed out. Apparently, Lockheed just watched all this happen <laughs> and wasn't like chirping away or anything, being like, I don't know. He's very, maybe he had some tea. He's very concerned or, I don't know, one of those. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe he's the actual mastermind behind this whole plot. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, anyway, so they they uh, Mariko shows up at the address of Harada. Well, no, this is in front of her her place. Oh yeah, she's. She, I'm sorry, she's getting ready to go. So she gets in the car. She says, "Take me out to the waterfront. Wait for me there." And that's when a woman in the front seat says, certainly, milady, anything you say. And she delivers her famous catchphrase. Gotcha. There you go, Adam. <laughs> Never know if you're going to play it or if you want me to say it. Uh, I don't know. Bakarimashita. That's not as exciting as when you say it. Okay, I'll say it from now on then. <laughs> Well, meanwhile, in Anchorage International Airport, Alaska, home and headquarters of North Star Airlines, Cyclops apparently has unfettered access to FAA information. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's just broken into the files, sitting there. Nobody's now, the, the wiser. This begs the question, do we just pretend that Cyclops wasn't in the background reading Wolverine's letter in the last issue of Wolverine? Oh, wait, was he? Yeah. He you're, was with... Are you... <laughs> you're right. He, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dude wearing ruby red specs. Okay, so in the Marvel Masterworks here, the specs are black. They are not ruby red. Oh, interesting. So it could be... 
Sam Guthrie's uncle? Well, in the uh, Wolverine omnibus, they are red. <laughs> Which do you believe, the Wolverine omnibus or the Marvel Masterworks? Now, well, I have issue four and downstairs in the basement. I, I can go take a look. <laughs> well, which do you believe? Do you believe the first printing or do you believe the most recent printing? Like I said, I can go look <laughs> at the actual printing. That's what I'm saying. Do you believe the original printing or do you believe the most current printing? Well, I, I believe that the Wolverine miniseries was written before, well before this issue. Oh, yeah, sure. You're probably right. So Chris Claremont probably thought, well, Scott's still going to be with the X-Men. Why wouldn't he be? Or, I mean, maybe he didn't even write him in there. Maybe Frank Miller's like, let's have the X-Men read a letter and just drew him in there. Well, I mean, that's easy to erase. Chris Claremont's like, oh, well, once it's inked, you can't erase that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, they can. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so Adam, it's been 10 weeks. Let's give him that, right? All right, all right. So maybe the invitation showed up at the mansion. Before Scott left? Before Scott left. And okay. on, on the back of the, after Hey Fuzzy, Don't Forget the Beer, on the back of that, it said, the wedding's in 10 weeks. And absolutely, no. anytime anybody has mentioned Wolverine, nobody's been like, oh, he's getting married. What about that? Oh. <laughs> well, we just haven't seen them. I mean, this issue just picks up 10 weeks after uh, yes. The last X Men issue, so nothing's well, happened in the X Men for ten weeks. I I don't know about that. <laughs> I think that Wolverine's time span has been ten weeks. I think the X Men have been having their usual adventures that we've been reading, but mm. I, I don't know. Mm. Regardless, regardless, Scott is in Alaska and not in Japan. Not only that, Havoc has also helped him break into the files. Well, I don't know. He's got access. <laughs> yeah. I don't know I, how, but you know. So, uh, yeah. Havoc's like, what are you doing here? Uh, I'm looking through the files. Um, this is none of your business, Alex. <laughs> what are you doing here? Funny. I was going to ask you the same thing. Whose file? Madeline's? Scott, Jean Grey is dead. Madeline Pryor bears an uncanny resemblance to her. But that's all. Let it go, bro. I think it's a little weird that you're dating a woman that looks exactly like your dead girlfriend. There, I said it. I just put it out there. You but deal I'm with cool that with now. it. <laughs> right. I am cool with it. Uh, I think she's a she's a unique chick uh and you shouldn't wreck this even though she looks exactly like your dead girlfriend. And, and that's probably going to be some sort of a psychological problem there. Yeah. Uh yeah. And there really hasn't been that much time, Scott. I want to believe that, Alex, but things keep happening. From the moment we met, she and I behaved like people who'd known each other immediately, or intimately, for years. On our first date, she offered to fix my favorite breakfast. When I asked how she knew what it was, she said, simple, I read minds. Eh? Eh? Scott, I think you're crazy. You should run far away from her. You are not ready to be back in a relationship. Maybe you should go hang out on that boat with Lee Forrest or some. What about her crash, Alex? What about that? Scott? Scott, you're scaring me. <laughs> Madeline was the sole survivor of a plane that crashed not only on the day Jean died, but at the exact same moment. Not sure how I know that, but... <laughs> uh, well, when um, Madel er, uh, Jean died on the moon, 
Scott, Scott looked at his watch. Cyclops <laughs> looked at his watch. He had a Polaroid, so he took a picture of his watch and he he put it in his pocket. And as he's reading this article in this file, it, it says at the exact same time, down to the second. It's pretty uncanny uh, that that's when the plane crashed. Someone took a Polaroid. Somebody took a Polaroid of their watch. A their watch as the airplane crashed, and it's in the file. Mm, actually, okay. actually, what happened, that's not what happened at all. Madeline, as she was leaving the plane as it crashed, she took a Polaroid selfie of herself looking at her, showing the watch to the Polaroid and the crash behind her. Okay. Yeah. That's what's <laughs> in the file. It's pretty mm. crazy. I mean, that's... That's, yeah, that's, that's intense. So that's when, when Havoc's like, I need you to talk to somebody. <laughs> a professional. Now, we're not going to put you away for long, but you're going to go away for a little bit. You know, Professor Xavier has a degree in psychology. You know, he could just mind wipe you. <laughs> that would save everybody a lot of trouble. And maybe he should. Yeah. So back in Tokyo, because we're done with that story. <clears throat> Mariko has arrived at the warehouse where she is meeting uh, Viper, Silver Samurai, and somebody named Nabatoni Yakuse. He well, is par- he's the Grand Oyaban of the Yakuza. The sole rival crime lord that her father spared when he was killing off crime lords. Yeah. Because uh, out of respect, I'm guessing. <laughs> Probably. Or power. So, um, yeah, they, there's, they're arguing a little bit. Uh, this is where she reveals that my presence is solely out of the little respect owed to my half-brother as a sibling. No, Harada-san, that I rule Clan Yoshida and will do so till I die. But so, uh, Silver Samurai, half-brother. But, and Silver Samurai is like, but I'm Shinjin's son. He promised <laughs> me the clan. Now, where does, help me out with this, Adam. Where does Sunfire fit into all this? Uh, he has disappeared. Isn't he related to Mariko in some fashion? I, I, I wonder if they wrote that out. Because, yeah, I thought so, too. I thought they were, I thought he was his brother or something. I mean, because that's, that's how Wolverine met Mariko in the first place, is they went to Japan uh, and did a mission with Sunfire. Or no, Sunspot. No, what's his name? Sunfire. Sunfire Spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's so hard to keep track. Sunbeam. I thought he was like Sam Yoshida or something like that. He is, but I I don't know. Um, I think it was spelled differently, but I, I, I we'd have to go back to look, and I don't I don't have the back to look right now. Yeah, nobody's going to do that. Yeah, I may I may do it later. <laughs> but I could swear that this is this is Yoshida, and he was Yoshida. Oh. I don't know if that really matters. Yeah, but okay. Or but, if they just changed Mariko to not be. I don't know. We'll find. We'll find. I'll do some. I, I might do some research. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, um, so Mariko's like your claim is denied. You're a criminal, just like Dad was. So no, you can't. God's curse you, woman! You've signed your death warrant. Oyabon, is this how you keep your word? I was guaranteed safe conduct. I made my pledge to Lady Mariko. You are not she. What? <laughs> Who dares? 
And that's when Mariko whips off her costume reveal that it is, in fact, Yu-Gi-Oh! of the phrase gotcha. <laughs> and How quickly some forget. And she throws her uh, her, her staple, the, the knives, at Silver Samurai. And they go, katang. Does does she end up turning into lo- um, long shot? <laughs> um, long shot throws those little knives, doesn't he? You're right. He does. Yeah. I, I wonder. Does Paul Smith draw long shot? I don't think so. Because <laughs> maybe artistically there's some sort of reference here. They're very similar. Although I think this is just how you draw somebody throwing stuff. Because it also looks reminiscent of Gambit throwing cards. That's true. Yeah. It all started here, folks. <laughs> First appearance of three things being thrown by somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those uh, knives harmlessly bounce off a of silver samurai's armor. He tells Viper to go deal with the real Mariko because she must still be around. Uh, they do some fighting. We- seems like uh, Yukio is really no match for the silver samurai, though. Yeah, but she's kicking the crap out of him to start with. Also, these panels are very wide and reminiscent of the Wolverine Limited series, the cinematic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Although they're... they're not quite as interesting. Well, right. Those panels were specifically for fight scenes. These are a little bit of fighting and also some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so I think I think stylistically he's missing some of the concepts. Right. But he's got the layouts down he's doing it but he doesn't know why he's doing it (laughs) maybe maybe or chris claremont is like make that panel wide frank miller did it It was genius some of the the art is still very good this panel of viper opening the door of mariko's car with a gun i like it no the art this is this is this is probably uh one of the better uh paul smiths so far i like the art in this issue is really good in my opinion Agreed. So, anyways, yeah. So she opens the door, and that's when she gets whooshed away, and we find out that, well, Mariko might be in the car, but this is Storm. She's in the car. Every the- everybody's in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mariko's in the trunk right now. Storm talks about Gambit for some reason. Ah, the, the Gambit was Yukio's, and if thus far. Proving most successful. She cannot hear me. She is unconscious. She is lucky to be alive. My gust of wind was meant to only dis- disarm her, but it blew out of control. Um, oh, and Mar- Mariko is also in the car. Yep. Leave this place, Mariko, at once. It's becoming a clown car. <laughs> Nightcrawler gets out. Colossus gets out. Kitty gets out. Lockheed gets out. It's hilarious. Oh, it is hilarious. by the way, they're in the hospital. I, I think we missed that page or maybe we're coming up to it. I don't remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I just jumped the gun on that one, but that's okay. Anyways, uh, just because it's just, it's the storm show now and she's, she's zapping things. She blows into the window of where Yukio and of the warehouse, Yukio and Sailor Samurai are fighting and she attempts to lightning strike him, but I guess she – I'm not sure if this is part of Silver Samurai's powers or whatever, but she is electrocuting him maybe because of the fact that he has a big silver costume on. So she draws the bolts back into herself. Yukio realizes Storm's in trouble. She's overloading. She turns into binary. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And the straps on her outfit all get severed. Her boots are sizzling off. Her b- straps on her costume are sizzling off. Yeah, she's 
She gonna be naked soon. Well, uh, Yukio risks it all and jumps up with a with a with a Mariko's coat that, that she borrowed and jumps up onto some. Adam, it's not a coat; it's a kimono. Jeez, you're such a gaijin. 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 You're such a you're, <laughs> you're so gaijin. <laughs> uh, yes, that that kimono. Does she? <laughs> okay, Mariko's kimono isn't much protection at all, but it's all I have. She climbs up to the top of the warehouse and a whole bunch of crates jumps at Storm. Grabs Storm with the kimono, flies through a window, lands in the water, but doesn't quite land in the water because the warehouse explodes, and then they land in the water. Whew. How convenient. We're over water. I wasn't sure. And they land in the water. Storm's concerned about where Yukio is, and the building blows up in a gigantic phoenix effect. It cannot be. I was hallucinating. What I saw could not exist. And then that's when Yukio says, some fireworks, especially that bird image. You do that? I wish I had. The X-Men believed Phoenix destroyed long ago. But can an entity such as she truly die? I'm setting up a storyline. I don't know why, though. I have a bit of a problem with this. Well, me too, but... This is the first time that Yukio speaks English. Oh, yeah, you're right. Wait, I guess she probably speaks English to Storm earlier, too. She must. Yeah, she must. Yeah, she does. So she only speaks English when she's with the devil. So I guess she knows She knows English, a fact that we did not learn for four issues of Wolverine. Does this manifestation mean she has somehow restored herself? Referring to Phoenix. Storm then looks over at a comically drawn Yukio and was like, did you have a good time? The best! Yeah, this is... I, I take away a lot of my praise I just gave to Paul Smith because this picture of Yukio is terrible. There's some hit or miss in this issue. She looks like she's a, a character in like, I don't know, Beetle Bailey or something. It's very <laughs> cartoony. Uh, and so Storm's like, I envy your madness, Yukio. It's a luxury denied to me ever since I was a kid. Maybe, maybe I'll go a little crazy soon. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Meanwhile, as they uh, walk away from the warehouse, deep in the warehouse, I guess they both miss this, a large samurai-shaped figure walks out and says, I live! To no one in general. (laughs) And he keeps talking to nobody in general. The The Wind Witch and the Wild One did their worst, yet through some miracle I survived! And he walks over to Viper, who's laying down like, grunting run women hide as best you can for my death mark is upon you when i have finished with my half sister it will be your turn so says silver samurai as i hold viper (laughs) um he wonders what happened to nabatoni san and then we see someone who looks very much like wabatoni san behind in the alley behind uh, Yukio and Storm as they make their escape. You know, it's also interesting. Like, I don't really know what the full details of Silver Samurai and Viper's relationship are. But in the New Mutants issue, I thought Viper hired Silver Samurai to put a hit out on Team America. They have not yet really, like, they seem like they might be lovers. They seem like they might be friends. They seem like they might be hired buddies. I'm not really sure. Yeah. They haven't made, they made it very clear yet. But in New Mutants, she hired him, right? I don't I don't I don't recall. Oh, okay. Fair enough. 
so they head over to the hospital. This is where I jumped the gun. The, the X-Men are in the hospital. Uh, they're uh, down for the count. They might not even make it. It's a big if as to whether or not the poison will run its course through them. I hate hospitals. Seen too much of them. Seen too much coffee lately, too. I hate coffee. It's everywhere. <laughs> and he's like, all right, Miko, I'm going to go stop this, and you can't stop me. The uh, my His body started healing the instant he swallowed Viper's poison. He's sick as a dog, but he's on his feet. Yep. And that's when, from the corner, we hear a little voice say, I'm coming with you, Wolverine. The heck you are. I'm an X-Man, mister. Xavier said so, even though I ain't had no training yet. <laughs> but I'm an X-Man. Xavier said so. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to prove myself if none of y'all give me a chance, huh? What about the poison? I'm half alien. Remember? What? Well, uh, Carol Danvers was half alien. Was she? Yeah. I thought Carol Danvers was all human, but she had, like, Captain Marvel's power. I don't know. Captain I Marvel I just, being I just assumed. I just assumed that Miss Marvel was also half alien, but honestly, I don't know. Hmm. Not, not entirely sure. Okay. Well, I'm sure there's some truth to this I'm half alien comment, but... It seems not entirely accurate, too. Yeah, it's 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 kind of abbreviating what really happened. Like, yeah. Well, anyways. Uh, so I stole my powers from someone who got their powers from an alien. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, my powers make me near invulnerable. I don't know. Something other than I'm half alien. But anyways. But Wolverine just says, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't realize. Forgot that you're half alien. Uh, but you follow my lead youngster, my orders, every flaming step of the way. Next issue, tag, you're dead. For 60 cents, better fun can't be had. True dad. And uh, spoilers. I'm just going to spoil this, Adam, right away. The next issue. Is not called tag, you're dead? Is actually not called tag, you're dead. There's that. But the How other did I guess that? <laughs> there's the other thing is the panel layouts are also... Very similar to the Wolverine miniseries. Very interesting. Uh, but then the issue after that, we go back to our standard panel layouts. Hmm. Yeah. So, interesting, huh? Cool beans. So, short-lived. At any rate, that was X-Men number 173. Two. 172 even. Yeah. We got a... Uh... We got a letter and we got a, um, a iTunes review, both from the same person. Kooky. So the, the iTunes review says, best podcast dot 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 in the world. Holy crap. It's by Tyler Zomg or Tyler Z-O-M-G. Yeah. Who- I love this podcast. It is hilarious, entertaining, and on occasion educational. I recommend this to, with, this to everyone with ears and a love for the X-Men. Is that like you have to have both? Well, yeah. So, if somebody just liked the X Men but they didn't have ears, he would be like, "Yeah, you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast." <laughs> well, podcasting is kind of a a audible medium. That's true. Although you know, if somebody wanted to transcribe us into Braille, I'd, I'd sign off on that. I I would too. Do it. <laughs> um, somebody a long time ago. And I don't know how far they made it, 
but this was kind of an interesting thing is they were very into Smodcast. And so what they did was they spent a good deal of time transcribing it into text. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think – I think they only maybe got through seven uh, episodes before giving up. I, I guess I, I didn't really follow it to its conclusion. But that that would be a long, thankless uh, endeavor. And could be funny though. I mean because written transcripts of freeform text or speech between two different people – can be entertaining if somebody wants to do a transcribe of one episode pick a random episode transcribe it and we'll get two other people to read it and then we'll release it as an episode there you go (laughs) we'll videotape it no no we won't we'll just have them (laughs) we'll just have them read the script so uh tyler conrad also wrote us in the email and he says just wanted to let you all know that your podcast is awesome. I'm actually a big DC fan, but X-Men have been my favorite part of the Marvel Universe. I honestly had no experience collecting comics, but I subscribe to Marvel Unlimited and love reading along. I've often wondered about this whole Marvel Unlimited thing. People people say it's good. I had a friend who subscribed to it. Yeah, I've, I've got two friends who subscribed to it. and I keep asking them, is it good? And I keep saying, yeah. It's pretty much the whole conversation right there. Is it, is it good? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's not great. It's, it's good. Is it uh, access to everything or what? I don't think it's everything. I think it's just everything that's available, which I don't. Well, okay. Yeah. That's I don't, fair. I, I don't know if um, how up to date it is. And I don't know if it's got the entire archive of old school Marvel comics. So these are questions that I should probably ask those people that have it. No, we'll ask our listeners. Listeners with uh, Marvel Unlimited, here's what I want to know. Does there exist – well, first of all, is everything there? I would guess the answer is no. But secondly, is there like a mode – I assume there's an app or something that you can get with this – is there a mode in which you can read in chronological order? Everything in chronological order. Oh, wow. That would be messy. It would be very messy. And I mean, you know, the the experienced reader would be like, I don't care about this. I don't care about this. Oh, I want to read that. Uh, Tyler continues to say he's only on issued or episode 86, but he's slowly but surely getting caught up. Uh, what is this? Welcome to the future? Is yeah. that what we say? Welcome to the future. Welcome from the future? Welcome from the future. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he asked what the we we asked what he, they what people do when they listen to the podcast, and he he works in a bindery, and he does a lot of tedious and repetitive tasks. And his podcast helps time fly. Keep up the great work. Sweet. A bindery is that like a book bindery or something else that I don't I don't know what it is. I imagine it's probably a company that will bind anything you give to them. Oh, that's cool. So if I brought in like I don't know. Danger Room transcripts. Yeah, you a can dog, get those. A dog and a cat. Well, no, Adam. <laughs> like I'm, I'm assuming like pages. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so oh. here's a so here's a question. The 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 guy like I I mentioned this a couple episodes. There's a guy who took those uh, trade paperbacks of the New Mutants, New Mutants classic, and he had them bound into a leather bound omnibus style copy. Is that something that can be done at your bindery, Tyler? Yeah, Tyler. So once you get caught up to the future, which will be our past, email us to your future, which will be our present, and we'll know the answer to that. Woot. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, I should also mention that there's a new issue of Alaska Initiative out by one of our listeners. Oh. Um, Holden. Atreides. Do you, do, you, do you remember Holden Atreides? I d- do I remember Holden Atreides? Yes, I do. And we are in this issue again. <gasps> another awesome cameo. There you go, folks. Check it out. You can see what we look like from like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, issue you know, number eight. Honestly, the Alaska Initiative was was uh, was pretty good. I liked it. It was very. I liked the fun. the creativity that goes into it and. Uh, it yeah, it's a fun read. You guys should all check it out. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it's actually issue number seven. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's the latest issue. <laughs> <laughs> so there, go check that out. Um, check it out. Yeah, and so if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so. We are at uh, X Men Podcast at redcapproductions.com. We're at X Men Podcast.com, Facebook.com forward slash Danger Room Podcast. At Danger Room Go, you can go on to iTunes. You can look us up in the podcast section under Danger Room. We're the first one that pops up. Leave us a five-star review or just some comments or whatever you want to do there. You can listen to us up there on the Stitcher. And uh, you you can uh, call us at 501-GET-X-MEN and leave us a little voice message um, of, you know, whatever's going on. Right on, brother. Uh, texting, you you can actually text that 501 get X-Men. So you could be like, really? I don't feel like talking to those slobs. I'm just going to text them. But beware, we'll make fun of you for being lazy. Right. Well, especially if it's like letter U, letter R, gay. <laughs> and then that, that will make fun of. But, it, you know, if you can come up with something that's, you know, somewhat interesting, we'll, we won't. Well, my argument is like, why are you, why are you, why would you text us? When you could just as easily send us an email or give us an iTunes review, five stars, or like us on Facebook or all those cool things. I think it would be super funny, though, if we got a pay, uh, like a, a message, an SMS message, a text, if you will, that says, guys, I'm really drunk and need a ride. And for some <laughs> reason, I can only remember your phone number. <laughs> um. Yeah, so send us that. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> uh, it would be too bad for you if it was actually true because we're not going to go get you. Yeah, it would be terrible. <laughs> so make you, would, sh- you would have to text us the next day to make sure you're okay. Exactly. Make sure if you get drunk and passed out, you're in some sort of a warm climate. Anyways, uh, Adam, did you do any additional reading? I read Defenders number 122, which... Um, not a whole lot happens. They wrap up the last issue. Um, and then we learn that Beast gets a dog. Is The dog's name is Sassafras. And he's trying to train it. And then um, Patsy Walker and Damien Hellstrom decide they're going to get married. And everybody, they celebrate for half the issue. Um, and then uh, Beast gets a whole bunch of fan mail from his former days of the Avengers. And then he gets... Um, play attacked by his buddy Bobby Drake and now we have two X-Men in the Defenders yay and Bobby Drake and Beast are just hanging out Um, and then there's this weird scene where Gargoyle is taking a bath and Bobby Drake is sitting on the side of the tub and Beast is in a towel apparently having just got out of the bath and uh, yeah it's kind of weird 
Oh, and, and Bobby Drake is scrubbing Gargoyle's back? Yeah. Uh, the defenders are funky. <laughs> this is doing nothing to dissuade comments <laughs> that we've made in the past about Bobby and Beast. Oh, wait, so Gargoyle's a guy? Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, you know, good for them. And then um, Iceman or Bobby whips off his shirt and says, last one downstairs is Magneto's uncle. And they go down some ice slides and Beast brags about uh, hanging out with triplets, uh, the Zimmerman sisters. And Iceman's all jealous. And they go out to dinner where somebody, uh, oh, they bump into Vera. And apparently Vera didn't even realize, I guess they had a date tonight and Vera Vera didn't even know that Beast was back in town. She just thought that he disappeared off the face of the planet like he was saving the Earth or something. And he was like, well, we were, but we got back. And she's all like, well, just go on having fun with your friends. Good night, Mr. McCoy. And he's all bummed out. Ooh. And then he talks about how sad he is that he left the Avengers and he doesn't know what to do with himself. And somebody says... Maybe you should make a real team out of the Defenders and the rest of the issue Beast is sitting there going, make it a real team. Huh. <laughs> what an interesting idea. And the last panel, he's sipping his, his glass of that they all just cheered each other. They did a toast and he's sipping his toast and he thinks to himself, make it a team. Hmm. <laughs> so is Beast going to lead the Defenders soon? I don't know. I haven't read ahead, but I know I know another X-Man shows up. Yeah, yeah. That'll be exciting. What issue was that? That was 122. Okay. Well, did you read anything else? No. No? Okay, then. Well. Got nothing else to read. What about Alpha Flight number one? That doesn't come out for a while. No. I've actually, uh, I've actually got that in the queue. I didn't I'm gonna read it. I'm going to read it, but I'm not, I'm probably not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't read Dazzler because Dazzler's bi-monthly, y'all. Yeah, you don't have to read Dazzler for like a couple episodes. Hooray! Like, what did we just do? The September issue or? Something like I, that. I don't know. It's all written. Next Dazzler. issue of Dazzler is in November. Hooray. So. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add to this one? No, I got nothing. All right, then. Well, let's shut her down. Uh, Until next time, everybody, the danger room is closed. Closed.